Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of So What You Think. I am your host, Nicholas Ledoux. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on to discuss a movie that we've just seen for the first time and give our immediate reactions. Uh, that sentence <laughs> doesn't really apply to today because this is a, a TV show that we're going to be talking about and bring on two different guests. Um, one of my <laughs> guests is <laughs> my friend Greg Lloyd, who came on for my uh, Game of Thrones series finale episode about like three, four years ago at this point. I don't even know how long it's been, but welcome, Greg. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's good to be back. It's been a minute now. So happy to have you back. Uh, in the other chair, sitting here with me on my end, is uh, Mr. Gonzo. Welcome. Yeah, just one name. <laughs> Mr. One <laughs> Name. Yeah. It's like Cher. You're, you're Beyonce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cher. One or the other. Uh, yeah, long-time listener, first-time <laughs> guest. That's true. <laughs> really true. exhilarating to be here. Have been like not talking about the show deliberately for two days, so kind of dying for this. Yeah, so yeah, we're going to jump into it. This is obviously a spoiler conversation because um, we're talking about the, the series finale of Succession. That's the first half of this, this episode. The second half, we'll, we're going to open the conversation up a little bit and talk about uh, kind of best of Succession, kind of our favorite moments and so on. So if you haven't listened to Succession, I don't know why you clicked on this podcast, but <laughs> stick around if you want. Yeah, maybe I'll just check out and see what this finale is about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this show, but <laughs> yeah, it's a good thumbnail. You know. <laughs> right. Um, but with that in mind, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, Greg, let's start with you. Okay. So, so what do you think of this finale? I think um, I think my overall take was that there wasn't necessarily... I was expecting something crazy. Like, I wanted something completely out of the box. I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be any of the siblings. Because I feel like just when there's a glimmer of hope, there's got to be some tragic ending. So... I feel like Tom, as the CEO, the final you know winner of this weird game, is a little bit... It wasn't like the most exciting thing. It was definitely plausible. So I think that the fact that we... So many people are trying to figure out like what crazy thing they're going to do, and it's going to be someone out of the box, or this election is going to come and interfere with everything, and you know they won't even have a board meeting, or something crazy was going to happen... And then to just kind of put Tom out on the plate, it's like, oh, wow, it was in front of us the whole time. So, it, right. you know, I feel like it, it sewed up really nicely. It was an exciting journey the whole season with a lot of twists and turns. But I think that having Tom at the end and with Greg was, I don't know. It, it was it was just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say plain but i i wanted something more yeah love it coming off right up yeah. the bat with a, a no i kind of i kind of big agree with that i was like half expecting just based on everything that's happened and all the like foreshadowing that i guess i was projecting in earlier seasons i kind of expected like ken to drown or like overdose or yeah. something like we yeah. had kind of yeah. discussed a lot like leading into it that like maybe like Ken could achieve like the CEO status and get everything he wanted and then just overdose and how tragic that would be. I think right. what they ended up doing was maybe like more effective just in how ambiguous it was. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it definitely would have been more explosive if Ken died. But um, just the fact that he ended there with like Colin over his shoulder, like the Grim Reaper, just kind of looking at him like across. Mm -hmm. the park. Yeah. yeah He's yeah, looking yeah, at yeah, the yeah. water, too. Like he, yeah. he almost drowned, so they bring it back to the water and That's um, a great point. Yeah. It was it was incredible. It was honestly an incredible episode. I love this one. I was gonna say, like, at the very end, I, I kinda wish that 
we had left it. I mean, you make such a great point that I didn't think about Gonzo about the water. I didn't even I didn't even clock the water from the drowning at the beginning. So I think that 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 does make a a much better uh, point than this. But I was I was hoping like Ken was gonna hover his finger over the elevator button and he was gonna like press to go yeah. down, but then he was gonna go up. And I was like, there's only one way up, you know. Story's over. I mean, it's like what else is there for him to achieve? Yeah, we were talking about this kind of briefly before we started, but like, what's good with Jeremy Strong now? Is he just like destroyed? Like, where does he? Yeah, does he pick up? The, <laughs> Worried about him? <laughs> yeah, he needs another role to like fill the husk that the New Yorker toy <laughs> lives with. So, I'm excited though. He's incredible. He's like one of my favorite actors now, easily. Even though Kendall was like a reprehensible person, it was incredible. Totally. Yeah, he's he's one of the best actors on maybe any. TV show. I think he's he's really phenomenal. Oh, he's, definitely. He's gonna leave quite a legacy. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's gonna be pigeonholed into like this character, or is he? I mean, is this is he gonna be the one like this kind of actor that you see, and you're like, well, I don't think you can be anything but Kendall Roy. Like, what else could yeah, you like be? Typecast. Yeah. Well, did you ever see? Um, you ever see The Big Short, which he was in? Yeah. Yeah, he kind of plays oh. the same character. He sort of plays like at least like the the affectations and like how he speaks and shit. He's kind of the same person. Um, yeah. So and also I think that's an Adam McKay movie, so it like makes sense that he would get like exactly cast. That's probably where he got like the seed of the idea for the show. Um, right. True. But yeah, Nick, what do you think about the episode? I feel like we've just blown past. Yeah. No, I, sorry. Europe. Your it's great. I'm sorry just listening that. to my own podcast. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked it. I I hear both your points. I I but I loved it. I think it's it, it's perfectly tragic. I like leading into it. I was kind of thinking, okay, th- what if there is a big twist? But I feel like the show has just proven itself over and over again that they're not going to have a big twist, and that would almost like be more cheap if they did something like that. And uh, maybe Tom yeah. becoming CEO is that twist. But even the way they presented it felt like it made a lot of sense. Um, and it was like mm-hmm. shocking, but like shocking in a believable way. And shocking in the way that I think like Jesse Armstrong, like the creator, like wanted it to be shocking, but still believable, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just leaving all the characters and we'll talk about it maybe later as like kind of where the characters will go mm-hmm. from here and like what would happen after the show. But they're all left relatively broken. Um, and yeah, they all started uh, pretty broken too. started pretty there broken. There wasn't really any broken. progression. Yeah. It's the only and, way that they could have left them. Yeah, I actually thought like, I don't know if y'all agree with me on this, but I thought that up until the fourth season, there was like seemingly some character development, like some semblance of humanity within like Roman, you know, that he a little bit cared about his family. Like there were little moments where he seemed to give a shit more about like the people in his life than his, you know, professional goals. Um, And I feel like when we got to the fourth season and the stakes got so much higher, all of that got undone. And, like, every single character pretty much reverted to, like, their most, like, not primal, like, basic. (laughs) Like, where they started, basically. Exactly where they started in the first episode is where they ended, so. Definitely as a royal, I mean, like, your basic element, you're going back to your basic humanity because you have to be cutthroat. And at the beginning of the season, they were all so together. And then once Logan died, they were like, yeah, we're totally going to really gonna stay together on this and then as they've progressed and found their ways back into this game it was like that was the best part of the season i thought i mean first the shock of logan dying but then the way that they connive and backstab i mean that's like that's pure succession 
It just like unraveled completely. I thought Frank was kind of like heartbreaking in a way. I like a little bit was holding out hope in my heart that he was going to turn out to be like actually sort of supportive of Kendall in the end. Um, yeah. And like because there was a little moment after Logan died where he Kendall kind of talked to him. And he's like, could we do this together? And they had a few moments yeah. like wow, kind of yeah. peppered throughout the seasons where they like seem to have some sort of a deeper connection than like Carl and Ken, for example. But at the end when Ken just completely fucked the board meeting and um, and lost the vote and Frank just has that look at him. He's like, you lost like you have nothing. It like boiled yeah. down their entire relationship. Seven, six, you know? Yeah. Seven, six. Yeah. That was all it was. So he maybe yeah. never actually cared at all about Ken, which is right. That's devastating. There, right. I agree. There's always been like a fatherly kind of bond that Frank and Ken yeah. have um, almost like Frank is this like, uh, replacement <laughs> or like acting as a sort of surrogate father because Logan yeah. never really was that for him. And I, but I don't view that that scene where like uh, he he loses the vote. Like I, I still think he cares about him. I think it's just like, yeah maybe this is the reality. He was just like this is what's happening. Like he still says kind of says it in a like a caring fatherly way almost. But it's just like hey Kent like you you lost yeah. like it's done. We yeah I think it's just like that there was nothing Move on, after that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was just like point blank, like cut and dry. This is what it is. No room for empathy. This is like all about the money and it kind of always has been. Yeah. And it like right. superseded whatever relationship they may have had, which seemed like it was cultivated from the day Ken was born. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, Frank's role in the company was a similar way because Logan is going to be so harsh in every meeting. You know, you've got to have some sort of a, a sweeter side. And I'm sure that you know, he tried as hard as he could to be sweet to, to Kendall. But at the end, maybe to your point, Gonzo, that it's like if if he could see anything in Kendall of being advantageous for him and then at the very end he realizes that, the you know, there's nothing else that they can do. It's like, you know, Ken, you lost. I'm out. It's cut and dry. I'm, it's yeah. harsh. You know, it's there's nothing else. Yeah, and it, it makes like, I don't know if you remember uh, the sequence when they went to after Ken was thwarted the first time in the first season, and I think it was beginning of second season, maybe might be getting my seasons mixed up when he went to go try to be Andy Warhol and like pitch the art, like startup company with Frank. I don't know if oh, you remember that. He oh. was like wearing the goofy sneakers and he had oh, the whole yeah, yeah. pitch. Oh my like, gosh. I think that, yeah. Early season three. Yeah, I think. yeah. That moment felt like, I don't know the most like real and human moment between Ken and Frank. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of seemed like there was something yeah. beyond just waste our Royco Royco and there. I don't know. At the end, there was just nothing. And it was gut punch for me. I don't know. I was a yeah. Frank fan a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Starting off in the first 10 minutes here with some Frank takes. <laughs> like, I know, I know. And let's bring it back to Frank. If yeah. We could. <laughs> it all comes back to Frank. Frank and Carl. Yeah. Carl, Carl had a great season yeah. this time. Carl and like Hugo he really did. got some key moments this yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love him. Yeah, how about Carl's singing voice in that clip? When they oh, showed yeah. the like, dinner? It. You're murdering <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe the best line in the whole scene. I loved yeah. that so much. Just the way he said it. Because at first I thought he was like roasting him, but then I was like, nah, he loves this shit. This right. Is no, it's like you're you're murdering this, Carl. <laughs> it was so great. Well, okay, now that we've kind of gotten our, our initial takes out of the way, let's 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 reel it back in and kind of go through some of the plot points of the episode and kind of make sure we cover, you know, a lot of the key moments here. But the, so the opening the opening started um with Kendall being like, I got this. And that was like the whole little right before 
the the opening credits start um and i feel like he was just like very it felt very silly like it felt like he he didn't have it (laughs) and he's just lying to himself and it it felt like i had very little faith that he was actually going to come through at the beginning of this episode but what did you guys think I mean, well, how many times has an episode started with Ken saying he's got this <laughs> yeah, and listening to 90s boom bap in like a car? With, oh, my gosh. His, what's his driver's name? I can't remember. Oh, man. But I mean, they don't give him much screen time, to be fair. I'm Like the way I love how in the show, like Kendall treats like the workers and like servants, like house servants and like anyone who's below him, like he'll like. He's like so faux nice and like pretends to care about them, but yeah, it's so surface level. It's yeah, it's so bullshit. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Mary, how you, how you doing? Doing all right? Good. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like come, like kind of walk by and like pat someone on the back or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, doing good. Like what you're doing here. Seriously, I hate to keep bringing it back to Frank, but I remember <laughs> when they were first ha, staging please the do. first. I'm going to when they were in the first uh, the first coup to get Logan out. They met it. They met at Kendall's house, and he was, like, making coffee. He was like, I gave the staff Thanksgiving off. Oh, and then right. he was like, Carla or whatever the fuck. And he, like, rang a bell, and then more staff came. And he's like, oh, I kept the skeleton staff. Right. I yeah. had to make sure it was a little <laughs> bit taken care of. <laughs> yeah, they're That's, doing that a few times in the show. That scene where they, like, throw away all of that food, too, because, like, yeah. Logan didn't like it. Oh, why, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. They definitely show, like, how wasteful. And like fake, yeah. Top five most wasteful shows for sure. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. And we'll get um, to the cheese later. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't let me forget. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I had suppressed the cheese memory. That <laughs> yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, he went for it. Yeah. He, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They had really had fun in that scene. Um. But so the next kind of thing that I wanted to note was that in that early scene they show uh how they're like tallying the votes again. They're like, it's, it's just straight back to like the board and the votes and they're just trying to like get all the votes. And that's ex- almost like the exact same scene from season one, like episode six, which for me was like when the, the show really like grabbed my attention and felt mm-hmm. like it was yeah. like starting to be really good. Um, but that was like that same thing where Kendall's trying to take it over and he's trying to, uh, I forget what the term was, but he's trying to oust his father or whatever for not being yeah. a- up to the job anymore. Have the coup. Um, and then- Vote yeah. of no confidence. Vote of no confidence. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that's the the term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Think. I loved how it mirrored like the first season like that. I just thought that was that was so interesting, and it it just brought back like the show is succession. It's like who is succeeding, and I love that the, the kind of the focal plot point of this episode is who's going to succeed. Like I, I love how they brought it back like that. Yeah, it did sort of veer off from that for a while. You know, there's a lot about family dynamics for most of the seasons. And it did. It came back home to, you know, who's taken over the company and Skarsgård right. really slid in there. You know? Yeah. What it a fun incredible twist. All season. He uh, he really was hanging out in New York the whole time. Never flew home after uh, he first got there for uh, what was it? The yeah. election kickoff party or the, the final polling or, or, you know, it was like episode four, I think, or five. Yeah. He just stuck around. He got an Airbnb. Yeah. I'll stick around. I'll make Greg drink things that shouldn't be, you know. <laughs> drank or what, whatever oh. whatever he was doing to greg yeah True. yeah it's it's so funny how greg can always weasel his way in there every time and i don't know if it's because he's also a you know a roy like that he's in there that that he's got some familial ties that he's that he's allowed to stick in these rooms but 
I mean, I thought it was really fascinating this whole season that he was able to get in with the Gojo people. And then, you know, Skarsgård's counting on him. He's like, I got this information from Greg. And I mean, three times Greg is like backstabbing everyone. I mean, at at the election night and then at the very end of the show, I mean, he almost fucked over Tom. And he's like trying to play this like delicate game of politics and this like corporate hierarchy. And he's just like fucking up every single time. But he still made it. He still made it to the top with Tom. I think I think Greg has a little bit of Logan in him. I think Greg is an underrated, like competent, like character because he's like a bumbling idiot most of the time, and he kind of comes off that way, which disarms every other character, and he talks that's to true. fucking everybody. And that's something they said about Logan. Like at his funeral, they were like, he could talk to anybody, like any room, he could feel comfortable, and that's why he was so successful. And Greg is, you know, point. he's. He's partying with the Swedes, you know, he's getting he's getting info. He's Matson fucks with him. He's got the translator app, like doing yeah, damn your yeah. corporate es- like he's doing espionage. Yeah. I mean, and, most uh, of the key moments this season, like the, the in the election episode where like uh Kendall ends up finding out all about Shiv and how she faked the phone call, like that was that was Greg. And the ending episode, like with how he finds out and tries to screw over Tom, like he is he is like the the pushing point for a lot of these these main things. Yeah. Well, do you do you think that he was trying to screw over Tom, or because Tom didn't explicitly tell him that he was going to be the next CEO? So as far as he knew, he he didn't he thought that he was getting at Shiv. Like he thought that he that Greg was actually going to be helpful against Shiv, and he's banking on the Roy boys because no way it would be Tom because no one told him it was going to be mm. Tom. Yeah, well, and Tom then Tom better. of course gets mad at Greg. Yeah, yeah I, right? I mean, Tom should have said. I think it's a testament because to like how, how well those characters like knew each other. Just, you know, Tom knew that Greg would definitely squeal if he told him anything important. Um, and like literally as soon as he got the information, he called Kendall. He's like, I'm at the center of the fucking universe. You will not believe this. <laughs> you don't have to give me anything. I just want to tell you this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That is true. Yeah, but I think, I think Greg's almost reason was like he was mad that Tom didn't tell him. Like I feel like that was almost like – a, a mini a miniature oh, betrayal or like something. a spiteful thing like yeah he was, he was like oh like because there was an opportunity where tom pulled him aside and he's like you're gonna be okay but he doesn't tell him that like i'm yeah. gonna be ceo like yeah yeah more than okay you know like it's um but yeah I, he like omitted that information so i at least kind of interpreted that as like greg was almost doing this to get back like he was yeah. going behind his back but that makes sense because uh, they, they had fought they weren't even on good terms at that time so right yeah yeah that's that's true yeah the slap boxing. Greg has a good reach. He's got yeah. Yeah. They both kind of do. They're big hard. guys with, but he like he like got pushed back and then got his hand still Just in like, there and got a clean hit. Yeah. Yeah. I love how Greg slipped up for himself in that. That scene. was a real fight too, right? They <laughs> oh, really slapped each oh, other. Oh, totally. I'm sure, sure they love doing that too. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's keep going through some of the plot yeah. points. Let's talk about the phone call with Shiv and Tom. I want to talk about that because. There was one line that I wrote down that Tom said where he's like, uh, you don't like to fail a test, do you, Siobhan? And th- this whole scene is like this moment of like Shiv actively reaching out, which she's like never done and like showing any sort mm. of vulnerability. And like she's like won't even like say it like because she's like so afraid that he's not yeah. going to accept her like offer of them having a real relationship. And just also the fact that this was a phone call was just absurd <laughs> like that's it's crazy to have one yeah. of those serious conversations with your your wife of your, your life. partner yeah. and <laughs> yeah over a phone and it's asking it in such like business 
corporate terms. Yeah, that was brutal to watch, honestly. Yeah. yeah. She's like, is there um, is there a world in where we could get uh, maybe we could get looped back in on that? Uh, you know? It's like, what is this? What is this? Do you is want the some... baby or not, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Is there synergy here? Like, can we get this off yeah, the yeah. ground? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll have to consult with Greg. <laughs> it was incredible, and uh, she had like that moment and one other moment uh, this season. I forget which episode where she had just a. Like she apologized. It was after they had the fight, and they, uh, I think it was yeah, election night. Election she just, night, yeah. she just apologized to Tom, and it was like shocking almost because she has never even come close to anything like that up until that point for three and a half yeah. seasons. So shows where the power yeah. is in that relationship, you know. And especially yeah. at the yeah. end, I mean, Tom, Tom's got it all, and she's gonna ride along. I don't think her story's done at all. I mean, I feel like you know that handhold at the end. As they're driving away, I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's some game left in Shabang. I want to get your take on this, Greg. So what do you think of the really, like, the weakest handhold I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> Actually, there was a weak one in Barry, too, which you're going to talk about oh, next yeah. week. But this was <laughs> definitely worse. He just kind of put his hand there, and she, like, there were, like, two fingers on the center of his palm. It wrapped up everything. I mean, it was like, okay, so Shiv's asking... Can you please take me? Like I, I'm, I'm in if if you're in, and he gives a, a, a basically non-answer because damn it, he's not gonna lose, you know. And he he's at this yeah. point. I mean, he's like gaining steam to become the next CEO, and the next CEO equates to the patriarch of this family. So like you're leading this family, you're leading like a global force. <laughs> All this for a hand, new logo handhold, but but like yeah, exactly. So I mean, she's she's. I feel like calculating her odds at the end of the day when Tom says, I've got a car coming in 20 minutes if you want to come. And in that moment, I mean, there probably could have been a whole scene about her thinking about that. But she Powerful. she goes because she knows there's no other – there's no better option. You know, dad's not around. Kendall's a shit show. Roman's off to go be a playboy somewhere in, you know, Croatia. This was He's nothing gone. to Roman. Yeah. <laughs> This was like a yeah, detour for he Roman. Wanted out. He's just gonna go back to his life. Like he's gonna go back yeah, to what he was I, doing four years ago. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> this is kind of the ending, but I I loved how like Roman just sat at the bar alone. Like he yeah. kind of almost came uh, unscathed. Maybe is the wrong word because he kind of went through a lot. But he like, literally he, is, you know. He, yeah, like literally physically damaged. But like, yeah, he is. He is the most unaffected, I think, from all of this, where this was just like a chapter in his life. Whereas opposed yeah. to like Shiv, she is still clinging on to any morsel of power and would rather yeah. choose like the one of the most toxic relationships like ever portrayed on TV. <laughs> and then yeah. like, it's up there. Choosing that over happiness. Like she would rather be with him to like cling on to like being the wife of a CEO and like have some relationship to her dad's company. And that is really sad i think it, is, yeah. it felt so tragic she just resigned herself to like i don't know being miserable i guess it was yeah it was yeah. pretty devastating um and the fact that she was like the linchpin for all of it crumbling down at the end too um was mm -hmm. like she kind of yeah, caused yeah, it all yeah she did so I want to rewatch it again and try to see if there's a point where you can see her facial expression change maybe where she makes the decision to do that because it caught me like kind of completely off guard when she was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She just blocked the deal. I was like, I didn't expect it at all because they had, they had the whole uh, what was the 
fit for a king meal fit for a king they did that whole thing it was cute like i thought things were kind of coming together but they just yeah yeah i mean that's what the show does so brilliantly it's like everyone kind of knew going into this that either ken is going to win or i mean that's what they're kind of leading do you believe but anyone who's like kind of seen the show i feel like knows that no character is going to come out like on top but even in the episode right they make you kind of believe in like this family again and like give you yeah. like maybe one of the happiest scenes of the entire show like the most rewatchable yeah. just fun scenes of the whole show and then just rips it right from out from under you in like the most brutal way in that scene i was like wow i don't think i've ever seen kendall roy smile really unless it's like He's on drugs. Like, I wrote down Happy Kendall. I, I was like, what is that? Happy Kendall's yeah, I, scary. <laughs> like, he is. Yeah. is a freaky. They're like, come on, you can smile. And then he's like, ee, and gives like the creepiest yeah. smile. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 like, no, no, no. Go back. <laughs> we don't like Happy Kendall. Yo, that was scary. But it's so true. They do keep it. I mean, I was going to say they just they keep you on edge that you're going to be totally you, that you expect that they're going to have a happy ending. So the second I'm, I'm looking at the timeline of how much we have left on the episode. I'm like, there's like 20 minutes left and we're happy right now. No way this is going to last. When was the last time that lasted in any succession right. episode? It would feel completely out of place if they if Ken yeah, right. actually won, I guess. And they were all like together. Like, right. It's devastating right. to see how it actually does unfold. But like. It fits yeah. the show way more than any sort of happy ending. Like, that would have just felt yeah. wrong. A happy ending would have almost, like, I feel like for me it would have almost definitely tainted the rest of the show. Because then what mm -hmm. lesson does it leave you with? Like, the fact that it leaves you with, like, these are the ghouls that run our society, and this is how miserable they are and how fucked we all are. Like, that's the lesson you want to come out of this instead of lying to ourselves yeah. and being like... There's good actors. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. people that have our best. You know what? Rupert Murdoch's a good guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, he worked really hard for There's this. There's way guys. too many real world parallels. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rupert Murdoch should should decide the news. Like you don't want to yeah. leave with yeah. that lesson. So that's a good that's a good point about um, the show kind of sets you up and knocks you down and how central that was like the thesis of the whole of all of the seasons. Yeah, what I love like almost most about this episode is like how this I think will stand alone really well as just like a singular episode of Succession. Like you can kind of watch this and get almost all of the themes of the show within this one episode. And like just how the show operates, like the language of the show of how they like want you to watch it and how they they play with expectations and stuff. But I think like watching this like 5 10 years from now like it's hard to say, but like I feel like going back and watching this, you could watch this as a, a standalone series finale, and it will like hold up as its own like movie almost. Yeah, yeah I think like this episode, election night episode, could be like its own movie. There were a couple episodes yeah. in this last season that oh, were oh yeah, standalone like absolutely breathtaking. I think the election episode was my favorite episode of this entire show. Because it also was so real, like you were saying, Nick. It was, I mean, that. Yeah, that one was you know, real, I mean, like some PTSD to like 2016. Yeah. So that was. And then you start thinking, you're like, I mean, I know this is a show, but did this happen? You know, like, did this, yeah, right? is this what actually happened in the news, Jason? You know, like that we're calling elections like this. Um, yeah, it's eerily believable. Yeah. Yeah. Mankin, so Mankin was a, Mankin, I guess, is possible, which is scary. I don't think it was saying that Mankin yeah. has happened, but Mankin is coming, I think, is what the show is kind of. Or, like, it could happen. Like, it's just, like, 
Yeah. Imagine Trump just in a younger, more like intelligent body, (laughs) you know, just like if he just came off as like an intelligent person and was like attractive and young, like Mencken is portrayed in the show, like he would be even a scarier person because he's masking up this this horrible side of himself even better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Greg, what did you think of uh, what you think of Mencken at the after party? Um, after the, f- I guess it was the funeral, oh, right? It was when God. they were all, what'd you think about that? Yes. So it's so crazy because this whole t- I mean, well, for one, Mankin's another player. Like Mankin is doing the exact same thing that everyone's doing and, and seeing what they can get and what deals can be made when and where. And I thought it was so, so interesting that he shows up to this party and he's so aloof. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, sure. Like whatever needs to happen can happen, but he got what he needed out of them, and you can't undo that. You know, they can't go on ATM yeah. and say, we're just kidding, you know? So at that point, Mankin didn't care, and Mankin would have said anything to get them to call the election. So, and we also, right. I mean, we didn't see a ton of the conversations with Roman and Mankin at all. So, I mean, we saw a lot with Shiv and the other side, and then, you know, we see Kendall, too, talking. But I don't, I feel like we didn't see a lot of one-on-one conversations with Mankin and Roman, so we're not really seeing exactly what was promised. But... I mean, Roman is so power hungry that he would probably say whatever he would he he needed to say to get things done and to call the election. Yeah, I think you make like a great point about the aloofness. I think that's what was like so intriguing and compelling about Mank in that episode was he just yeah. walked into that party and everybody surrounded him, and it was it was almost like a press yeah. scrum of like Roy yeah. siblings. Talking about how desperate yeah. they all are. Yeah, they were all so, and you could see Kendall kind of realized it because he was the first one there, and then everybody piled on. It became like kind yeah. of a bit almost, but yeah, I I loved how Mankin just sort of like observed, and like even though they had handed him um, the presidency, which is fucking insane, mm-hmm. he didn't seem yeah. like he like he felt like he owed them anything, um, and he had all of the leverage. Yeah, and Kendall was saying, you know, like, well, now uh, I'm wondering if maybe we could, you know, get this done and and this and and yeah. Mankin's like, uh, this is not how this goes. I mean, I can like you can help me, you know. What did it say? You, he, his yeah. line was, was like, like, you're the you're the sound system. Now you want to choose the track? Exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> that was yeah. a great line, and you're like, oh damn, yeah. like they're not gonna get anything out of this, and now they've ruined the country. Yeah, Ken had said something. He was trying to do what, what Logan did. He was trying to grease his palms a little bit and be like, hey, so what's good with regulations? Like, can we can we work that out? And he was like, oh, yeah. no, that's 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 about committees. That has nothing to do with me, which is, like, obviously yeah. not true. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, Greg, to your point about uh, a Roman, too, I feel like Roman is was the only one who could properly kind of converse with Mencken. He was the one that sold yeah. Mencken to Logan in the first place and, like, Got him right, to be that right. nominee in season three. And so he was kind of the it's only one that could episode. ever do it. And then, but what happens in the funeral is he like bumbles his funeral speech and just gets exactly reverts. He's a turtle who falls back into his shell and is completely broken <laughs> yeah. that whole episode. And so he's just like completely out of the running, out of the conversation of like trying to talk to Mencken and trying to be a part of right. this deal. It just becomes a Kendall versus Shiv battle. And it's like, right. if that whole speech didn't happen, if Ewan maybe didn't give that speech that like made roman like fall apart like yeah they could have maybe struck a deal with mencken and maybe it you know it's, it's the way kendall approached him that was like oh why would i help you now but if right if, maybe if roman in this alternate world or if roman was still together they could have made something with mencken work so it's 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 interesting to take yeah. roman out of that scenario <laughs> yeah i, I want to stay on mencken but i think it, 
like just jumping off of that point um like roman breaking down at his own father's funeral being like a detriment to his career is like right. i can't even <laughs> wrap my mind around that <laughs> that's insane to me roman he said something about it in the last episode even where where ken was like I don't know if Ken reminded him that he fucked it, but he said something along the lines of like, I don't think it's that it should be a bad thing that I cried at my father's funeral. And like, yeah, that seems yeah. obvious and human. But in this right. like, completely inhuman world, he fucked it. You know? Right, right, right. I mean, Roman is the is single handedly like the most fucked in the head of the three of them. But he's the Arguable. most human, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's outwardly <laughs> saying the craziest things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, is he? You know, you know, he said it at the end. But, but I mean, just like the things that that Roman was saying to to Shiv when he found out that Shiv was pregnant. You're like, this guy's insane. What what oh my person God, says yeah. this? I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. It was just so <laughs> nasty. Um, but all that to say that my my point is that Roman is, I mean, so messed in the head. Clearly, but at the same time. Like you were saying, Gonzo and Nick, like he was just he was crying at his father's funeral, which I'm I I took me a minute to like figure out why everyone kept relating that to how like he fucked the deal. Like it was that live streamed or something, and that's why we kept being shown to the television. Is that like yeah, it's why we kept seeing the TV? Yeah, if you're like, if you're like an empathetic person, it's like hard to recognize that plot because it's like in your world that is a million miles away. You would never see somebody crying at their parents' funeral and be like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to be colleagues with this person anymore." Right? Can't yeah, keep that yeah. shit in check. You're, Come on. Yeah, and you're like, "I'm gonna sell all my shares of this company now because yeah. somebody had a little bit of a teary moment." Yeah, you can't give me a tight ten minutes set at your dad's funeral. Then I don't want to <laughs> yeah. deal with you. Yeah, it's like insane. Come on, you even had the papers in front of you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's why like, why that episode feels so good because it's like it is this like introduction of a more like emotional like part that the show like never really delves into. But like what it, what would a funeral be in like the world of these characters? And it's of course like the the memorial is just, we're calling it like an after party because it feels more like an after party yeah. than a fucking memorial. But it's they're just a networking trying to, like, <laughs> event. It, really it is was. just a networking. It's event. a it's happy just, hour. Everyone's just <laughs> yeah, just trying to get to Mencken and trying to get to Madsen and yeah. talking about deals yeah. and. That is probably the most fitting memorial for Logan Roy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what he would have wanted. Probably, it is. It's probably like in a lot of ways, like very touching. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. very true to who he was. There was a moment at the funeral where I thought that maybe Logan wasn't dead because we never saw his body officially. I thought and maybe Roman's he'd like, be like, is he in there? Yeah, I was like, I don't know, Roman. Is he? I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't. <laughs> this seems like something he would yeah. do. <laughs> Brian Cox pops out. He's like, surprise, I'm back. You know Brian yeah. Cox wanted <laughs> to do out. that, too. <laughs> yeah. Brian yeah. Cox was probably on set that day playing the dead body. He just didn't want to leave. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. Let's keep going through some of the parts of the episode. I want to talk about um, the scene with Tom and Matson and this, this, this dinner that they share together where Tom soft pitches himself and then gets offered ceo oh, yeah. and this is this is probably like the biggest surprise of this whole episode i thought for yeah. sure it wasn't true when it happened i thought that mattson was just playing him and just more like testing him, right. like how would you react if i told you that you're going to be ceo because he's such a little weasel and just like a puppet for anybody like he has no more yeah. like him explaining what his job is was like hilarious he's just I'll do whatever yeah. you tell me he's to like, do is essentially what he he's wants. He's like, I'm simple, you know, cut costs yeah. and whatever. You know, revenue is greater than costs. Yeah, he's like, economics, supply, demand. 
<laughs> television? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> the craziest part of that whole scene is when Matson is saying that he wants to fuck Shiv. I think that that was yeah. his test. I think that was if if Tom freaked out on him, then he wouldn't have offered the U.S. CEO. But definitely because he would yeah. because he would have been like, OK, OK, so this guy, I, you know, this guy I can get in his head or he's he, he's he's passionate about anything. But because of, if anything, that's the one thing that he'd definitely be passionate about is like, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, mother of my child sort of thing. He just said, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. And he's like, OK, this is going to be my guy. He's malleable. He's easy. Right. I think yeah, in that conversation and his like little two minute pitch, he, he showed himself or showed to Matson that he is just like a shell of a person who is just like yeah. wants to be controlled by strings. And as long as he has power and money, that's that's all that is important to him. He doesn't care about his wife, anybody else. Yeah. Like he, he will fuck over anybody. Because he likes anybody. nice things. Yeah. And that's like as simple. Like he to him, he's like one of the most coherent characters because he just is so singularly motivated by money and power and position that he'll put like anything in front of that. Yeah, he had that that whole speech after him and Shiv hooked up earlier this season where he literally just laid it all out. He was like, I love yeah. money. I love nice things. I like having watches and suits. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to throw away all of your, you know, high fashion shit and, you know, sell all of your fancy cars, like you can do that, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it was very yeah. transparent moment that he had. And I feel like that sort of defined him. The whole she was consistent character. That's like a good read of him. And he's a sociopath, like very clearly. He does not <laughs> yeah. give a shit um, to they the all deepest might be. degree. <laughs> yeah. He really, he may have given a shit at one point in time. It felt like when he was getting married to yeah. Shiv, he did love her. But Definitely. whatever part of him that was there that was real, it was gone at this point. It's been sapped from him dry. And to your point, when when uh, Matson said that he wanted to fuck Shiv, like it definitely was a test because like right before he said that, Tom in his soft pitch was like, "I am I'm totally good with like pain. I have a high pain tolerance, and like I'm good with discomfort. I'm fine with it." Yeah, he said yeah. the right things, low key. Like, yeah, as, yeah. Like silly and empty. What his the actual content of what he said was like. He did prove himself to Matson that that's exactly the kind of American CEO he wants because. Shiv ultimately was just is power hungry and wanted the role. As soon as she gets the role, she's probably not going to listen to Matson and do whatever she wants and turn into a more progressive news station and all these things that Matson may or may not want. Where Tom is just going to be whatever he tells him to do and it's just a face. So it did it did make logical sense within the the show for him to choose Tom over Shiv. It was like crazy as that is, but yeah. Although Shiv. Shiv did like renounce all of her political views when the CEO position was That's true. was was yeah. in her sights. That is true. Like immediately, she was like, "Yeah, all of that is just talk, complicated airflow." Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Which just shows like that's one of the main things that bothers me about the character of Shiv. Uh, not even that it's like how they write her at all. I think it's literally just why it's how good they write her because she thinks that she is more pr- progressive, that she is better, like has higher morals, but then they. She doesn't like at the end of the day, she's lying to herself. Right. She's lying to everyone else. Like and you can see that in the election episode where she's like, she's try she is playing the role of the good character, but she's not actually good. Cause then you see her in the next yeah. episode and she just wants to be with Matson and is going to go through it. Like, you know, she's going to m- make that deal with Mencken and the way she like lies to herself and creates this like ego right. about how she is better than other people is like so true to like how, just like that is just like I, you see that in real life all the time <laughs> and like it's just it's crazy yeah. how 
subtle some of the writing is for that for her character and like yeah yeah the dissonance. you know like maybe maybe season one you would have believed if the election were happening season one that you may have believed that shiv actually wanted you know the other who was the other candidate what was his name Jimenez, right? Yeah. Jimenez. Jimenez yeah. That he would have wanted Jimenez to win, you know, for the sake of democracy. But now we're in fourth season character changes. I mean, you don't know. Did did she want Jimenez to win for the sake of American democracy or that was just the best angle for her? Yeah. And even, I mean, like maybe she hasn't changed. Maybe season one she was this person, but just like we have seen enough now. Like we have, there's a track yeah. record now that she is a very, like there's a veneer. There's a sheen over Shiv depending on who she's speaking to and what opportunities are on the table. Right. So I think you see that in season one, you kind of believe this like uh, mirage that she's putting on like, and then by season two yeah. and when she kind of, when she fucks it up by when like she was, Logan gives it to her and then she like tells everyone prematurely at the big dinner, like you see her kind of unravel in these key moments and like same with the, uh, the election episode where she fakes the phone call. Like she every so often makes these dumb yeah moves out of so stupid out of like a, a an attempt yeah. for power oh. or like a, a, a scare that you're gonna lose it and yeah, yeah it's yeah greg what did you think about the fake phone call what was your oh my god like emotional response to oh that oh my moment? god i mean, like, I mean anxious like i felt like i was gonna have a panic attack. well i thought she was gonna get i thought she was gonna be fine like she had been doing so well i felt like somehow it was gonna be she was gonna fake the phone call and it was gonna be beneficial for her you know like it, it like she would have said that Jimenez would have cracked a deal and blocked, you know, the Gojo, you know, acquisition and that, you know, Kendall will actually believe it. But I didn't know that he would call her on her bluff and actually give her the phone call. So once he's like, I'm going to go give him the call. I'm like, she's so, so fucked. And then, I mean, and then like, then, then Kendall's crazy. Kendall's hungry for any sort of power. So, you know, if, if he feels like he's betrayed when he was just vulnerable and like vulnerable about being a, a, a bad dad to Chiv, like he's going to Roman and he's going to try and, you know, backstab her. So it was, uh, to answer your question, it was incredibly stressful, but it was kind of exciting. Yeah. I, I thought like almost initially, I thought Nate like blocked her number. Like she called and he was like, I don't even want to deal with this person yeah. anymore. Um, I guess that's not what happened. It doesn't seem like they really needed to explore that point, but yeah, to your point about Kendall, like he we talk about Shiv kind of having these fake values like in that moment, Ken, like all cards on the table, clearly did not give a shit about anything else. Mm-hmm. And it was like it is all personal. Like I know the stakes are like democracy. Yeah. And like the future of the Republic or whatever. But it's all personal for me. And yeah, you know what Shiv did. She like touched the third rail like that was mm-hmm. it. You know, there was no chance after that. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a good segue, too, because I, I want to talk about the. Like the scene where she does ultimately, like she gets fucked in this episode and like finds out in a really horrible way where Kendall is the one to reveal it to her, which partly is like that's almost like a sweet moment because it's like he didn't need to tell her, but he's almost like out of like a sibling love. He's like, I, I need to tell you that this is just objectively a, a bad thing. Um, but what do you guys think about like her getting fucked over? Because, yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, like have a question. Like, do you think that this is part of like matson's master plan like was he always intending on fucking her over or did he actually want her to be a partner and then last minute change his mind what do you guys think about all that i think that matson kind of didn't really believe in like a lot i think he broadly really hated the roy family and like the idea of nepo babies but they also indicated that he was a complete yeah. fraud himself who didn't really know how to yeah. code and fake the numbers basically an elon, elon Musk yes. like stand in exactly like 
yeah, I think he liked the idea of like orchestrating this thing to fuck over the Roys, but I don't think he had thought that far ahead. And I don't know if it was like this Machiavellian like master plan to do it. But yeah, at every turn, it kind of did seem like for a minute there, at least. I think the India numbers being fake was a bit of a turning point for his character. Yeah, and but, almost like an outlier in the, in the grand scheme because, like, they, I do think like that was such an interesting turn for his character was to make him more like this Elon figure who like is just like new money. He's tech. He doesn't actually. Yeah. He's just going to strip the company for parts, and he he's just kind of lucked into a ton of money almost. But then they kind of, and maybe that is true. But like those people, like Elon, you know, bought Twitter. Like he he did. They, those people exist yeah. and still kind of are successful businessmen. So it does kind of make sense that he still wins in the end. But, yeah, um, I think uh, I think like yeah. the whole deal itself is kind of indicative, and it's sort of a parallel with his relationship with Shiv. Like what you were just saying, Nick, about how Matson was going to buy this and sell it for parts. But then, you know, as the progression goes, I think he's like, well, maybe this like ATN vertical is like cool, or maybe we can, you know, manipulate a different part of the company in, in a different way. That is kind of what happened with Shiv. Like, I think that Matson needed a, a clear level head from someone on inside of the family when they were at that retreat. And they were like, and he's thinking, okay, Shiv is my person for now. You know, just like Abba was his person for the time being, and Abba's still around. So, like, he, he goes back and forth, and I think that once he realized with the India, like, he clearly valued her, Shiv's opinion, because he released the India numbers on the day of the election, like she said. But then I think once she started getting, like, frantic yeah. about the votes and everything at the beginning of the episode, that was kind of like a, okay, Shiv, all right, all right bring it down, you're getting a little too excited. That I think he was like she was trying yeah, real yeah, hard. She was trying hard. Yeah. That he's like, eh, I don't think I need her, and he didn't. Yeah, and that's kind of the downfall of all the kids is like they show their desperation eventually. Like Kendall in that in that big boardroom scene, oh. and then Shiv kind of earlier on in the episode. Like they're both they can't win because they're both just too desperate yeah. to get it. And, and Roman <laughs> at that point was like compl- he like wasn't desperate. He was like done. Yeah. He like had washed his hands of yeah. it. Yeah. Roman is became the most mature character, yeah. arguably, because like l- like I wrote down that line too, but the the line "We are bullshit," which is like yeah. right at the end of that whole big fight, which we'll get to, but like that line where Roman is just like accepted that they are not the serious people, like they yeah. he, his father was right, they are just not serious people, and he's like accepted this and resigned himself to just being a rich man who has n- no power and yeah. has come to terms with that. He doesn't really have power or shouldn't be going for that power i guess or yeah i um i think like that line was definitely very like obviously on the nose but i don't know i think it was i think it was really potent when he said that we're bullshit just because it was at the very end of the show mm-hmm. like they had shown yeah. us for four seasons like these people are bullshit yeah. and to have the like singularity moment almost of roman like saying it because no but none of them had said it right. or it's acknowledged the awareness it. of a character right. actually yeah. realizing they're, they're bullshit logan like, said it to that, them but, logan yeah. said it to and kendall said it to roman a couple times mm-hmm. you're yeah. not a serious person but yeah just for one of them to be like we are bullshit yeah, include not including you, them we are bullshit yeah. yeah felt like important i was it was like i mean they have nothing more to give i mean they, they completely lost and roman was aware uh, before kendall was that's for sure and so, okay, before we get into the, the, the big boardroom scene, which I do want to talk about, um, I, I want to talk about like, the, the quick happy moment that they share um, when they're at their mom's place. And you, you see this kind of like, 
camaraderie between the three of them and they like make it uh like a blended drink that's disgusting yeah. <laughs> and they pour it on kendall's head and and roman licks the cheese i remember yeah. and <laughs> like all of this stuff so what do you guys think about all of this and like actually showing a happy moment in the show did you all ever do shit like that as a kid? Oh, yeah. Like the cheese? No, no, no. Like the, oh, make a yeah. concoction drink for one of your dumbass friends to drink. Yeah, I've, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh de- definitely. Like some weird mixed, you know, something that like if, you know, you play in college, a drinking game and, you know, it's like the, the worst cup that if you lose, you have to drink the cup, you know? I mean, it's like, it's child, it's childish. And it's like, again, like that weird smile from Kendall encapsulates that whole thing like you've never seen this genuine like camaraderie or happiness this whole show because it's been up in the air the entire time who is the dominating force of this trio of of siblings and right there is the first time they've come at like a you know a consensus that they're, that they're like okay kendall is gonna be our guy even if even if shiv wasn't you know was thinking maybe he wasn't but i don't know it's like it's their sweet moment I think she believed it in that moment. I think yeah. in that moment she was ready to give it to Ken. I think she was. I think enough happened because he lied about the killing. I mean, we can get into this yeah. later, but he lied about the killing the yeah, kid, yeah. and then they were like, "What the fuck?" So yeah. you know, uh, and and he was broy with Stewie, which I think she didn't love. Right. Right. Yeah, I think in that moment it was actually genuine, that was and real. it was like this moment where like maybe there is a future where they all talk to each other still and like can move past their father's death and and this let Kendall win like it's what he's wanted and he kind of just wants it the most and at this point he is just the clearest person to do it of the three of them it doesn't really make sense maybe grand scale but in terms of if someone had to win and I think they all kind of come to that moment and maybe it is because of the father's death or whatever it is everything they've kind of been through all the nine episodes prior but like um yeah that felt earned and real like it didn't feel like what's going to happen like maybe like oh, okay this can't last but that felt actually like a genuine moment yeah yeah one of the only like genuine moments yeah yeah that along with when i think at the end of the volter episode when ken hugged shiv he didn't even like tell her anything he just gave her like they just had an embrace for a second and then the episode ended those two moments for me are like that's some <laughs> it's like yeah. home base yeah I feel like this show, you just hold on to like this to the tiniest glimmer of like any sweet moment. Like one that I remember is like in the funeral when uh, Marsha like reaches out and puts like her hand on Carrie's oh, hand. I love that. And that was, was like, so cool. That was one of the sweetest, yeah. like saddest, yeah. best moments. And like that is still like nothing compared to like a <laughs> genuinely well, no, but emotional. Show. Carrie was like shaking. Yeah. Also in that moment, she was like incredible. I mean, all the performances are incredible. Yeah, yeah. She was amazing. So hilarious. And also it was like a juxtaposed to. I think right after Logan died when she came into the apartment and she was like, I think you wrote my name down on a piece of paper and there was supposed to be opportunities or whatever. But it was like, over. yeah, yeah. And Marsha was cold. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That whole that their their whole relationship, the two of them, Marsha and uh, and, Car- and Carrie was crazy. OK, let's talk about the boardroom scene, because this is this is the, the meat of this episode, I think. And. The, before we get into like where they run off and it's just the three of them talking about it, I I, I wanted to note that it was like the parallels were very similar to that season mm. one episode where they're doing the boardroom specifically with Roman how he didn't vouch for Kendall the first time in like season one when they do it and Roman was that deciding vote and then he just like kind of receded into himself and couldn't stand against his father mm-hmm. but then now it, in this final episode he like hesitates but then he actually does it and like there's this like 
this is there's this growth with Roman. Circle. He almost has like this wholesome arc. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's interesting. He he grows in a in a weird way. Even that keep although is like still one of the most fucked up characters in the yeah. show, but yeah, like ideologically the most fucked up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> you know, horrible. Just person. a yeah. white supremacist. <laughs> He's like whatever. <laughs> Right, but there is some growth yeah. there, which is interesting. And then how they flip it, and now it's Shiv is the deciding vote, who you know before didn't even have a board seat. Right. So um, it's just interesting how it's like the whole show. He's just va- like he he needs the approval of his siblings, but then can never ultimately get it when it matters. Like they can tell him one thing privately yeah. in the water and be like, "Yeah, you're the one," but then they're actually not going to follow through. Of course, they're not. Yeah. I would like to figure out. I do. I did mention before, but I want to figure out exactly kind of where Shiv switched because mm-hmm. they're. I mean, they're in between when they did a a feast fit for a king and the board. Like nothing like explosive right. really happened. Right. I I don't think I'm remembering anything like crazy. So it must have been subtle, but yeah. I guess well, that speaks to how like volatile their relationship is. That it can just like yeah. come and go with the tides. Like it's just yeah. I think for her, it's like she was starting to see it in action a little yeah. bit. Like she he was she was seeing how like he didn't even want to like pitch himself. He was just like we already know the votes. Like come on, like I already got this in the bag. His like overconfidence right. and like his broiness to like Stewie and like some of the other people like the, who said that they wanted. Yeah. What do you say to Stewie? He said, you're not the heart of darkness. You kiss dudes on Molly. You have a suck dick. What did he say? It was an incredible <laughs> line. It was one of the best lines in the show. There was a great line where he's like, I like weird sex. I like bad drugs. I'm a complicated yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, doesn't know whether he should yeah. side. <laughs> Love Stewie. Glad he came in the finale. One of the yeah. best characters. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think that Shiv probably, like, I think from the initial thought that she finds out that Tom is CEO, she's pissed. And much like much like Kendall in the election episode when he finds out that Shiv was backstabbing him, Kendall was leading with emotion. And so was Shiv, especially in the moment where they're all at home together. Like, they're stuck away from their phones and work. So, of course, it's like, this is the center of the universe right now, and we together can make it through. And then she gets to the actual office, and I bet she's thinking back, like, I remember when Kendall and Rome became CEO at the beginning of this season – or midway through the season, and I was ousted completely. Like, Tom, I have some control over. Right. And I can, and, and Shiv can do that. And and manipulate him in a way that maybe, I mean, she's never going to be CEO. And she's probably calculating that in her head right there. So, like, what's her best alternative? Wife of Tom. I mean, that's pretty good. Who knows? I mean, I don't think her story's done. You know, I mean, I think they'll end it with, with this, and there will be no spinoffs, but... Yeah, I don't know if you have a separate whole category for this, but if you had to have a spinoff of this show, Greg, what do you think it would be? Is it the Disgusting Brothers <laughs> start their own business? Is it a Logan prequel? Ooh. Is it uh, Tom and you, Shiv? You want the Logan prequel. The Logan prequel would be good. I would love... That's a great idea. It would be good. There's a room for it. I want to see him build the Empire and be a shitbag. Who, who's Dreamcast Logan Roy right there? Who, who plays think? Logan? Yeah, Timothy who, Chalamet? A young... <laughs> no, I feel like it's got to be some like young British Jude Law. actor. You know, it's got to be consistent in that. Jude Law. <laughs> who is the guy from... Uh, Jude Law. White, who is the guy from White Lotus? <laughs> Theo... The one that played... Uh, Theo James? Yeah, that guy. Oh, Give me that guy's Logan. Yeah, okay. His young Logan. Yeah. 
Okay. He's definitely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that would be an amazing prequel. A Logan prequel? It'd be like House of Dragon, kind of. Let's give some, you know, let's, let's give some information. It'd be, yeah. It'd be great. House of Roy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll ever no, do no. it. No, no. I don't think they will. I don't think they should. Yeah. I mean, even the fact that this show is only four seasons long, I, like they could have kept this going. Yeah, six seasons easily, and probably have made great TV from it. But the fact that they're choosing to end it, I think yeah, this is, this I think it's smart. Well it's smart to end it. I mean, <laughs> sew things up nicely when people are still engaged. Yeah, I'm big on f- like finality too. I think it's good when something's like book ended and there's like, it's like a complete set and it's not just rambling on forever. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how this show though. Like two seasons ago, I started watching like season two, like I think after that had come out, like a little before three, and people were comparing it to like Arrested Development <laughs> and The Office. Yeah, and I think there are like comparisons to those shows. Yeah, it's but... it's a bunch of comedy writers, Jesse Armstrong, comedy writer Will Ferrell, Adam McKay. Yeah, it's like it's funny. That's like that's the comparisons it was getting then, and then fast forward to now, and it's like Macbeth. Yeah, and, you know. Whatever, the wire breaking bad sopranos like people are talking about shit like that yes sopranos exactly that's a great point before we stray away too much i, I want to talk about the ending still a little bit more because to your point what you were saying greg about how she might have been like in her head before like deciding that she doesn't want to go through with it because tom might be the better alternative but i don't know if it's necessarily even that like thought out like mm-hmm. her reaction sounds like in real time she is like I just don't want you to win. Yeah. And I don't really know why. Every time he asks, he's like, but why? But why? He said, like, I don't believe she you. She comes in with a different reason. And ultimately, the real reason is, I can't fucking stand you. Yeah. I think the core of it is she just doesn't like him and doesn't think that he'd be good at it. And I don't think he would be good at it. I think everyone can kind of agree that Kendall probably wouldn't be a good CEO and that it shouldn't go to him. But um the fact that she has to use the murder card. Oh I my think, god! Is interesting. Let's talk but, about that. <laughs> the murder <I> card. <laughs> but I think like her saying that isn't to be like like I love that they brought it back. I think they had to like acknowledge it in this season to like it has to come full circle. Kendall can't win without them acknowledging that he killed yeah. someone. But like I don't think that she's again on some moral high ground about it. I don't like. I think she's just saying it because she's she will say anything to either grab some morsel of power for herself yeah. or just the fact that she also just hates him and doesn't want him to win. And that like a petty ish, just like you're my brother and I don't want you to win. You, you shouldn't, you shouldn't win. So I'm just going to not let you win. And it, it felt kind of petty, but she is completely right. I mean, like Kendall's horrible yeah. and a monster. Yeah. And she was, she was almost right by like circumstance though. Like she wasn't right because she'd thought through it. She was right because she didn't want him to have it. Like right. it was just like she like happened to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. She but, said, "I love you, but I can't stomach you." Yeah. Which is which, devastating. A really devastating line. Like also Kendall reacting. I feel like we haven't talked about Kendall enough in this episode, and he yeah. is arguably maybe the worst character and proved himself to be that in this episode. Oh, and so like crazy. Just him. Yeah, him like trying to like take his brother's eyes out is horrifying and also even the hug before the scene where it starts as a sweet hug and then masochistically like pushes his wound into his shoulder yeah either as a way to like like help roman in some weird fucked up way or just like continuing the cycle of abuse that logan implemented onto roman and like 
he's filling in the shoes of his dad. Like either way, it's yeah. completely fucked up. I'm so and glad you brought up that hug at the beginning. I just realized the eyes when he's trying to gouge out the eyes. Yeah. That was foreshadowed when the mom was like, eyeballs disgust me. Oh I don't know what my it is god, you're so right. Gush gushy Whoa. nice gushy jelly things in our head. Like what did she say? That was so it was weird. So weird. <laughs> it was so weird. She was like little balls of gel just floating in your head. Like what do you yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> it paid off though. Holy yeah. shit. Just realized that. But Greg, what were you saying about the hug? Oh yeah, well you're so right. It's it is that like weird masochist like thing that Roman loves and needs. And I wonder. I mean, it was Kendall that in tune with his brother that he knew that maybe that was something that he he wanted. I mean, it was a weird moment in the office to like you're not leaving. You know, right. like I'm gonna. You love it here. You love the pain. You're gonna stick it out with me, and I'm gonna be the CEO, and you're gonna do it for me. I mean, it was like a, you're not gonna go or I'll, yeah. I'll kill you. You know. To me, it felt like he is embodying his father a bit more than he knew that Roman is maybe like a masochist. I think it worked because Roman might be a masochist and like likes the pain and has is like a victim of abuse and that's the only way he responds and everything. But I think Kendall is doing it of maybe like a mix of rage, like some love, yeah. but like a mix of like, get your fucking shit together. We're about to do this. And I like, I will hurt yeah. you if you don't do this. <laughs> and, and then like, he almost like tears his brother's eyes out like and he just has this like inner rage in him that is like makes him the scariest character to me yeah. he is a terrifying person yeah <laughs> i mean he covered up that murder i mean he's the only one that's a killer you know you have to be a killer was it a murder was it a murder no let's talk about <laughs> was it, it a murder was it, was it, uh, a murder? it was definitely manslaughter he, he <laughs> i mean he definitely it's definitely yeah. manslaughter but it's, it's, but the kid grabbed great. the wheel right <laughs> didn't the kid grab the wheel Kendall sympathizes yeah. Gonzo. <laughs> what is the definition of murder anyway? I'm gonna, <laughs> was it really that I'm gonna bad? I'm going to die on this hill, I think. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the cruises. Was that really all that bad? Yeah. When you really think about it? Mankin. No. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah. You need somebody like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you, you have a point to an extent. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think the main point is the fact that Kendall is now trying to deny it. I mean, he, he seemed to dissociate from the murder itself, like even in season three. Yeah. Like he didn't seem that he, he convinced himself that he is not a bad person from it. And that, I think that was the only way for him to like keep living with that. Um, but the fact that, yeah, he, he revealed that. I mean, that was his, that was his total, that was the ruin of him was him then being like, no, I didn't do that to his siblings. And they're both like, what? Fuck you. Right, yeah. And then Roman kind of says, crosses the line and says that his kids aren't really his kids. And then that's, that just, and then that's what makes him crazy. tear his eyes out. And then that's what causes shit. Like, it's just like, it, it's dominoes at that point. But it's really ultimately Kendall's own undoing. Yeah. There. Like, he could have maybe salvaged it with Shiv, but he says the wrong thing. Right, right. His vulnerability. Are Ken's kids adopted? I think the reveal is, yeah. I think it was like Rava, either he couldn't have kids or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they just never had kids together. And she hadn't, they have an open, or have some sort of understanding. Yeah. Or, Oh no! I think that I don't know, but yeah, they're not. I his thought kids. that they were always adopted from the early seasons, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't maybe know. they were. I don't know, but it definitely adds like another layer because the kids are so non-existent in the show, and yeah. it does feel because it's like from Kendall's POV. Like, of course, they wouldn't show the kids as much, but it even adds another layer. That's like the reason Kendall doesn't maybe care about his kids is because he doesn't actually have yeah. a blood yeah. relationship with them, and he, yeah, I don't know that. That's dark. 
It's just really that's dark. Because really, that's like, like, how could you think that yeah. <laughs> as a person? Yeah, shades of bring it back to Theo James. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Connection yeah, going. It reminds me of in White Lotus. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. When he's talking to his you got a point non-kids. There with the Theo that's a great. That's a great connection. <laughs> You're pitching <laughs> this. You hear that, HBO? I'm sorry. I'm keep Max. lobbying. Yeah. Maximilian, yeah, come, come on. Guys. HBO maybe wouldn't have done the, the spinoff Succession show, but Max, but Max will. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gonna be a reality TV show, and everyone's gonna be on an island. <laughs> <laughs> Who will succeed? If they ever do a Succession spinoff, I hope to God that they do it after the writer strike ends, so we don't get like just mm. insanity. Yeah, yeah, Quantum of yeah. Solace, yeah. but in Succession. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that that would be bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it though, regardless. But. Yeah, I still doubt it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up at least the finale part of it. So I kind of want to talk more about where do these characters end up, and like where do you think there any of them are gonna go? Because they all kind of leave in very broken endings. I mean, Roman is maybe the best, where he's like in a bar, but. What do you guys think? Where do you think Kendall, specifically Kendall, Shiv, and Roman first, I think, and then we'll kind of open it up to some of the other characters. But Well, Connor's obviously going to become the president of the United States the next election cycle, obviously. <laughs> um, that's a joke. That's a joke. I, I, I'm not even going to count him. But <laughs> the, three, the three siblings. The three siblings. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, what we were saying earlier and joking about, like, I think Roman is going to go live off of, like, let's not forget, this deal made each of them $3 billion richer. Like, they all have so much money now. So that they've got so much now that Rome can go do whatever he wants, which is just fucking off without any sort of real responsibility. So I think he's just going to go, and that's, like, the best thing, like we've been saying this whole time. Like, he's the only one that I think is going to be happy, and that's why he had that little smirk at the end. I think that Shiv... Do we want to? Do we each want to say what we think each character is going to do, or do we want to like go through? No, I think you should give a little rundown. Okay, yeah, I like this. Give, yeah, give me your okay, take okay. on all three. Let's go. I think Shiv is like Shiv is in the game. Shiv is still the only one in the game, and it's kind of fitting because she was like so totally ousted from Kendall and Rome that she's actually going to be able to stay with Tom. She's going to be miserable, but she made this tactful choice, so she's going to be with him. And whether she stays as his wife and mother of his child or she's pulling the strings as, like, some weird first lady to this, like, empire, she's still going to be involved. And I don't think that her story is done. I don't at all. I don't think she's done trying to get power. I think she's still much in this world. And then I think Kendall... Do you think the kid's going to be okay? No. No. Just aside. (laughs) No. (laughs) Poor, poor, poor. I mean, kid. she was joking about the fact that she would never see the baby. You know, like joking about that with her own mother. I yeah, mean, you got a tough line here. Not, not a lot of good, good gonna come for that kid. What do you think, Kendall? Too. I think Kendall. I think like Kendall's gonna try to do something. Kendall's gonna try and have his own media business or like sell art or something, but he'll never reach any sort of success. He'll never be like this was his only chance to make it on his own or to make his a name of himself Definitely. at that level because he had the infrastructure, you know, like he had, that was his golden ticket to becoming what he always wanted to be of some corporate leader, but he's not going to be able mm-hmm. to do anything like that on his own because it's Kendall. And, and now he has no support. Yeah. I mean, even his assistant left cause she's like, these sucks. Yeah. Like Jesse, everyone left. I mean, yeah, the only person Jess he had was, was Colin. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking grim reaper yeah. standing behind him. Yeah. Making sure he doesn't jump. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Ken will probably end up, I think you're right, I think he'll probably try to invest in something and maybe do some venture capitalism, whatever, like try to start a company yeah. and never quite like achieve what he wants to. I think he might end up, uh, the Koch brothers, one of the Koch brothers has a son, I think his name's Wyatt Koch. He has like a, it's like a Tommy Bahama, like Hawaiian shirt business. I could see Ken doing something like oh, that, yeah. maybe. Some small time. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> but nothing real. Or maybe something with Stewie. Maybe he'd try and leech off of Stewie a little bit. Because he made Stewie a lot of I money. Feel, you think Stewie's a good friend? No, of course not. You think Stewie not, still cares about Ken <laughs> and is going to reach out? Not even on like a personal level. Oh, he's going to reach out. Ken's going to reach out to Stewie. He's going to be like, please, Stewie. Definitely. Let's just meet in that Panera bathroom one more time and blow down. <laughs> yeah. Kendall's tr- kind of tricky, I think. I, I don't know if he'll. He'll be done for forever. I mean, I like how they end his character, though. I think I like that there is no after. Like, I almost just don't care. Like, that he was so singularly motivated over the course of the four seasons. Like, this was his goal in episode one. He thought he was going to get it and then didn't get it. And, it, like, he just kind of stays the same. It would have felt cheap if he, like, tried to kill himself or got addicted to drugs or yeah. you saw any sort of aftermath. I think him just looking out at the water is like that perfect ending. I don't know. I, I really don't know what he would do because like he just seems like this is his only goal. He is just empty. He's like dead inside at this point. He said that multiple times. He was like, I don't know what I'm for if I don't get this. He said that a couple times. And when when Shiv was denying him at the end, he was like, I don't know. This is what I'm built for. Like this is the only thing I know how to do. And yeah, he's I am the eldest us. boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's just not even true. You're like, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, "You're not." Yeah. Also, oh, I love he's a boy, and you know, like they're just I know, children. It's so sad. And, it's so sad. Yeah, I loved the shots when they were in the midst of the fight, and it would cut away to the perspective from outside of the room, and you could just—it was silent except for you could hear Ken screaming, like through the walls. I thought that like boiled down the like kind of childish nature of all these characters so perfectly. Like it was just yeah. Throwing like, like a tantrum. This board meeting to go have a little tantrum. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah. In a, I wonder yeah. if maybe there's some connection between that shot, Gonzo, that you're mentioning, and the the discussion of when Shiv said that like yeah, comment at the funeral about standing outside of Dad's office and never knowing what was going on behind the closed doors, and like maybe this was what was going to go behind the closed Whoa. doors. Like it's some parallel there. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like from their perspective as kids, almost. That's fascinating. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, totally. And they're just like bumbling around, though. I mean, they're they're finally in the room yeah. and they're just like acting like and they children. Fucked <laughs> yeah. They fucked yeah. it. Yeah, they fucked it. They fucked it for sure. Um, yeah, but I think we d- we didn't get to your. What do you think about Gonzo? Uh, Shiv's where Shiv is going to end up? Because I think she is the most interesting. Like, what what's next for her? I could see Shiv like trying to get back into politics again or something, and kind of trying to recreate where she was in season one Mm. but i think she's fully aware that there is no more like upward mobility here and like also even tom is probably going to be on the chopping block at some point because he's just going to eat shit for a few years maybe get blamed for some corporate fuck up and then get you know fired like he was at royco time and time again um yeah he's completely expendable i mean he's he's expendable that's like his core character trait is how expendable he is (laughs) He, he loves being the pain sponge. Yeah. yeah. He always has been. He was yeah. going to go to prison. Yeah. He's always tired. He's always, he's the only one that's tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he was, he's, yeah, he was maybe my favorite performance in the show. Uh, he was incredible. Um, 
but I think Shiv, Shiv and Tom will probably be together in some incredibly dysfunctional, fucked up way, and like you said, raise the kid to be just a like a bag of trauma and bad memories. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. it's it was the exact right place to end her story, because I think mm-hmm. any sort of forward progression from this point is gone. I think we see that whatever growth she experienced in earlier seasons like maybe was completely artificial so it's like i don't know it sort of leaves you at this place where it's like i felt very like a lot of dread in this episode like at the end of this episode i felt horrible for these characters who are rich forever and like gonna be fine in like every way but just the state of their lives was like a circle of hell like it was truly miserable like one of the most miserable hour and a half of tv i've ever seen in my life yeah one thing i want to point out with shiv is like she reminded me so much at the end of like her mother like she just kind of became her mother i feel Mm. like she's just the wife to the ceo now and this like loveless marriage and this is like horribly like bitter and yeah just like broken but like sticking with it yeah I, i and the fact that like she's having this kid now that she was clearly going to treat horribly and is like going to be an absent mother like she just kind of yeah yeah a self-fulfilling prophecy she set her, her herself up to eventually just kind of become her mother do you think she at the end when she went back to her mom's house do you think she like had achieved a new level of understanding and empathy for what kind of person she was now that she was in a similar situation that might be giving her too much credit. yeah i don't know <laughs> because she was like able to stomach her mom she was able to like hang out there and you know, she was down to have dinner and hang out with Roman. So, I don't know. Maybe she got yeah. some perspective when she got pregnant. I don't. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Uh, but it does feel like particularly tragic in that she's just like she couldn't escape. Like as much as like Kendall was trying to be his father and kind of did become his father, although like not succeeding and winning per se. But like in terms of like the abuse and the emptiness that he had to get to. I think he got to the same place that Logan got to. And then it seems like Shiv kind of got to the same place that her mom mm. was at. Like they kind of embodied just their parents. I don't, I'm not sure where Roman fits into all of that, but <laughs> like at least yeah, those yeah. two characters hey, felt kind of exactly. parallel to their parents. Of course parents. not. He's the middle child. He's always felt that way in the in-between, yeah. you know? And, and you're, to your point, yeah. Nick, like, Shiv hated her mom, their mom, more than all of them, and Kendall hated Logan more than all of them. So I think th- I think that's I think there's definitely some truth to that. And Roman just chilling in shorts in Barbados, drinking rum punch. Yeah, Roman gets it. Roman is the only one of them that understands that it's fine. That it's you're a billionaire. Do the yeah, thing. Yeah, they have fuck you money for the rest of their lives, and it's yeah, like yeah, come on, yeah. I mean, yeah, Roman, he, like, called, kind of called the election. You know, he had so much power in that, and then he just kind of gets out and just keeps being a billionaire. Heavy lies the crown. I hate this. Yeah. He never really wanted it. I mean, that's what they kind of said that at the end, but, yeah, he never really – he just wanted his father's approval, and once his father was gone and he kind of yeah. accepted that, it was just like, yeah, I actually don't want to be a part of this at all. That's big true. Big truth. Although the, the Living Plus episode – the Living Plus episode is another one of my favorite episodes. I think just in in the whole <laughs> show, jobs like keynote. Yeah, yeah. the whole the whole keynote, oh. which was basically yeah. like a sports movie. Like I was ready to fucking run yeah, through a yeah, brick yeah. wall. Big, you know, big <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I was ready. I was standing ovation in my living room. Big shoes. <laughs> big shoes. That's big hilarious. Shoes. Just th- there are two things that I'm kind of like okay. 
It never got resolved. They never really brought back up again. They, I mean, okay, that audio edit was huge. I mean, they inflated their stock price so <laughs> high by basically just lying. And of course they did because they have no idea what they're doing. But they're like, I was, I was really waiting for them to just get like absolutely pummeled by the SEC or something because they just completely lied to that shareholder meeting that was that made their stock price increase like crazy because they just lied about the numbers. So I'm like, well, is that going to be the twist at the end? Or uh, what were you going to say, Gonzo? Just to that point, I mean, the whole stock market's a lie. Like, it's all a fraud. Well, so that's true. I don't, it's, that's all, true. It's, <laughs> it's all inflated stock prices, and it's all, yeah. I guess it was just, it was less of like a, these guys are going to get the, you know, they're going to get their dinner. It's not a saying. But they're going to, you know, they're going to have paying. You know, they're going to have to pay what for what they do. But even like but Elon they never tweeting do. and fucking stock prices is real. So like. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What, like it's all it's kind so of true. real. Like they that happens in real life. And like the fact that Tom ends up a CEO, like of course, like I don't know, it just makes sense. Like of course, like the conservative news organization wins, the the conservative president wins and they have a hand in that election. Like the Elon character buys off the company. Like all of these things happen and like it's all crazy and it feels so unbelievable even in the show. But there was are like kind of parallels to everything that happens. Oh yeah. So you had one more though. You had another point about a cl- uh, a plot hole. Yeah, I was gonna. It, well, it wasn't so much a plot hole, but like a I like oh man, it didn't get wrapped up in the way I wanted. Like the whole election. I mean, the, like are we ever gonna find out what happened with Wisconsin? I mean, is Macon overturned? Like it's just like that that stuff that I want at the end that. I was all hoping that, like, that culmination of, like, they've been lying, lying, lying. They've got all these allegations. Like, that one scene where Roman fires the head of the studio for nothing. I mean, they're planting seeds about that she's going to come and have this big lawsuit against the guys. And there's nothing Jerry can do about it. And I'm just waiting, like, this huge, like, shareholder meeting or the board meeting. They're going to sit there and they're going to be like, look at all these things that you've done. And this is why you're so incompetent of this. But I guess that's not what they want to do. They wanted well, it no, to be that's like a great from point, themselves. Though. I was sort of waiting for like, when is Jerry going to come into play with all the pictures of Roman? Like when are there, there's a yeah. lot of things and it sort of makes you like look back on the cruises, the cruises and the death pit. It makes you look back on that as like, maybe it really wasn't a death pit. Like maybe there are no consequences if you're high enough up in corporate America. And like they th- fucking talked yeah. before Congress, <laughs> Greg shit himself before the country and he ended up still making 200 K a year as an assistant. It didn't matter. That is a great point. They, they do kind of prove there's no consequences. Yeah. I think, I think any, the showrunners can say for any mistake or uh, not even mistake, but anything that they don't wrap up, they can exactly say that they can go. There's no consequences when you're at the top. That's all they need to say. And then you go, ah, you're right. It's an entertaining thesis for a show. It's great. I love it. Yeah. It's a little cheap, but it's true. It's kind of the thing. And I think to your point, though, like it it doesn't bother me so much. I think you're right. I think there are kind of plot holes and a lot of like just red herrings throughout the season of things that you thought might happen that don't like ever come to fruition. But I think they bring it back to just like the core four or five characters, I guess, like with Tom and make Shakespearean kind of ending like. These just, like, it's about yeah. just the relationship between these characters, the marriage between Tom and Shiv, and this like very tragic ending for them to completely switch dynamics. And now Tom is the leader, and Shiv has to be Tom. And like, I, I like that more than than maybe dealing with some of the other business things. But I, you're you are right. Yeah, I think they're just showing, I guess, that it's like, yeah, no, of course not everything is wrapped up nicely at the end because we're only seeing like 
three years, two, three years or something from season yeah. one to season four. Like this is like all these things that they're doing, the consequences will come. I mean, look at Trump and all of his election lies. I mean, he's he's still going to, you know, court or, or people are trying to, you know, sue him for all these things that he's been doing for years and he might be president again. You know, it's like it's the same thing that these guys at the top, they can fuck up as they go along. Exactly. And not have to pay for it at the end of an election or when they're, you know, out of office. It's it's frustrating, but I guess it's frustrating because it's it's real. It's like, yeah, it's it's the whole the whole point of the show when you like zoom out of it. It's like all of these horrible things that these people did and it just did not matter. And it didn't the show didn't even really spend a lot of time considering like the human consequences like on a personal level of a lot of these things, they kind of would brush them aside. I really liked this last season that it was like day after day as opposed to like weeks passing between episodes. I like that it was like uh, one week uh, an episode was literally like the next yeah. day after the episode the week before. I love that. But in seasons before, like there would be plot lines that happened like extremely like important. It felt like emotional stakes would be brought up. And then the next week it would sort of be like explained away or brushed brushed aside a little bit so i did like that we got more of like a direct engagement with it in this last season because it's forced you to confront it i think let's, let's switch gears a little bit i want to run through a couple of like awards for the show i think i think it's kind of worthy at this point um but so let's run through what was like your favorite season first of all like kind of taking a step back which of the four seasons did you like the best or thought worked the best i think i think four I, I mean, I have been there for, for a few reasons. One, I think, I mean, there was not one, one wasted moment. Like, there was not one wasted scene where nothing, like, something unconsequential happened. Everything occupied its space so machine-like that I was on edge the entire season and was so engaged that, I, that it was my favorite. I also, I like the fact that this show grew so so largely that everyone was talking about it every season like every sunday night it's like i gotta get home to go watch succession which i didn't find in the last three seasons like one and two it's kind of like have you heard about succession and they're like ah, i've been meaning to watch it and three it's like oh yeah yeah i'll, I'll keep up and then four is like you better get home you better get home by by eight o'clock nine o'clock you better get there so you can watch the damn show so that I like that kind of camaraderie, and it feels like one of those classic television shows, like you know, like The Sopranos or Breaking Bad or something that you that people are like hungry for and waiting by the television set for. Yeah, there's so like a monoculture for me, about it. It's a throwback. Yeah, exactly for like the cultural aspect of it. Yeah, season four was amazing. I think for me, it's either between season four, or season two. Because I don't know what this says about me, but like something about tortured Kendall, all of season two, just kind of, I don't know. It's like perfect to me. I love it so much. He's like, he's just like truly a shell of a person. And like, I know I mentioned the Volter episode before, but that's like a perfect microcosm of that whole season where he like busts his ass the whole episode. He's doing all this research so that he can work with Lawrence Yee and Volter. And at the end... Like Roman just says some shit. He's like, yeah, I don't feel good about it. I don't think we should do it. And then Logan, just to spite Kendall and just to torture Kendall further, is like, yeah, we're going to we're going to dump Volter. I love that whole season. Um, but yeah, season four definitely felt like the most important. And I loved that everybody was tuned in every week. I feel like I have not been this like um, 
adamant about not missing any episodes and shit and being like on top of this show since probably Breaking Bad, like the last season. Yeah. Of that. So it's been like a decade, which is yeah. crazy. And it definitely is one of those shows that deserves like there was not a chance that either any of us were going to watch this not on Sunday night. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, I guess. But there's not a chance that oh, we're yeah. going to wait until Tuesday or anything like. You oh, have to. no it's, way. It's, it's, it's inescapable in the culture. <laughs> like you yeah. couldn't go on Twitter or any sort of social media. You couldn't. Like I had set the next day, I couldn't even go on set. Everyone's gonna have people were talking about it. Yeah, I would have had it spoiled. Of course they were. Like, yeah, like a necessity almost to watch it when it airs, which I love. I love. I love discourse and I love monoculture things. So, and that's why I love Game of Thrones too, is because it had that same thing. Yeah, Um, exactly. It's a it's a community that like that's why they you know this is why they make that stuff you know like so that everyone can talk about it and it's a cultural turning point you know so people can can gab about it i mean my parents are like sending me articles about like what they think is gonna happen or they're like well, have you are you caught up on the funeral episode you know that's like awesome. i'm like this is great that's like best case scenario for a show like this to get like to have it to where our parents are like reaching out i feel like once once my mom texts me about a show i know that it's like reached critical yeah areas. yeah that it is that my it is mom everywhere. is sending me theories on what on what's gonna happen theories i mean <laughs> like whoa that's intense i've never known you to care about a show like that it's it's definitely like in the pantheon of like one of the best shows that I've seen, which is cool. I worry I worry a little bit that like with the writer strike and everything that it's going to be a while before we get another show like this. But also I think the fact that it's a huge gap in between things like this makes it more special and that when the next thing hits, yeah. You know, it's going to yeah. hit. Like this was People are writing. I couldn't fathom something as good. I couldn't fathom something as like crazy as like breaking bad ever coming out again when that ended and then succession came out and it kind of gripped me in the same exact way and i'm like there's shows now i i love the bear and i barry just ended as well but yeah and both of those shows are great too barry and like and we're, we're doing a barry pod later this week on, on it too because the show is really good but that doesn't have nearly the same like monocultural like no one unfortunately not enough people are talking about barry and Whereas Succession, like, we are in a sea of conversation about it right now. Like, this this podcast right. is one of thousands, probably, about the show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And it's it's cool. I think that's why I, I also probably agree with both of you. I think the fourth season was probably the best season. Just because it, it feels like it's the culmination of it. And the stakes are the highest. And it's every episode is kind of a day. And, like, you just feel the stakes. And they all kind of stand alone as like movies and like the election, like the last four episodes, mm-hmm. the dinner party, the election, the funeral, and then just the last episode yeah. who succeeds. Yeah. Like there's so like, you the can kind of sum four. them up so quickly and they're so iconic. The last four, like top 10 episodes. That could be a mini series right there. It could for be. Real. Yeah. yeah. And so for that, I think, it, yeah, it's, it, it's gotta be the best, but I, I think your point season two is probably the second, my second favorite. Cause I love the reveal at the end and I love like tortured Ken. I think that season two, Ken is probably my favorite ken yeah is season two the ep is the season where kendall has his birthday party that's season no, three. three yeah that's season three that's okay that's maybe my least favorite ken yeah just because it's just i feel like i'm gonna have an anxiety attack the whole, like most of that season he is yeah. just like on the verge of having a true breakdown and truly yeah. in crisis in like a big way definitely shout out naomi for having his back true oh naomi miss her let's do okay so what was your what was your favorite episode do you have a particular like episode that you would say is like this is the best Ooh, the election the election i i I don't know if that's like a cop-out that's super easy but i mean it was like the best it was just so crazy everything's happening all at once there's so many stakes and it feels so real so it's like 
I that was not very often do I watch the behind the episode because I'm like, okay, I saw my succession. Now I'm gonna you know do something else. But I was like, I need to I need to hear what they're talking about at the end of this. Like, how did they do this? This is so real seeming that I have to hear what they were saying. And they really dove into like their political consultants that they brought on the show and how they could like tie for some real, you know, some real pieces of news information and then bring it in and like warp it a little bit to make it seem plausible. So I'm like, come on, this is my bread and butter. Corporate, corporate drama and political drama and one, I mean, you got me for life. Yeah. Also, just the fact that it's all in one night is like it's a contained it's like almost like a bottle episode, even though obviously there are implications beyond that. But it's just everybody's in the same room. That episode kicks ass. That's an amazing episode. <laughs> yeah, though that is a great one. That that one felt so eerily real, and like that one almost kind of stood alone as like this. It was so crucial to the plot, but also feels like it kind of stands alone as this like perfect episode. One of the low key best parts of that episode was the New York Times article that like that the, they had like a fake New York Times article like the morning after yeah. and it was like here's the timeline of events and it was like a picture of Tom Wamsgans and like yeah. a picture of who was the analyst who got wasabi in his eye oh yeah oh, um, Darwin Darwin they had a yep. picture of Darwin on there and they had like the whole it looked like such a New York Times article it was yeah. crazy yeah they nail like media to it in the show yeah. like even the the Tucker Carlson like stand in f- for the guy who like goes off on TV in that in that episode. Like I like, know. Yeah, really. Yeah, really crazy. I would say my favorite episode. That one is really good, and maybe is my favorite. But I think just to be different, I'll choose the season three finale because oh, I think yeah, great choice. His the scene of like of of Ken like revealing to his like siblings and that just that the way they staged that that whole scene of how he like sits down on the ground it felt like so raw and like just like they let the actors kind of do it like it felt like that was the first time they ever kind of rehearsed it like that was just like they just went into it and it feels real and you just like feel the moment and then like them trying to team up and then the whole ending i mean like the, those last like 20 minutes is like some of the best succession was for me but i think um i this is I'm way too invested in the show. I saw some interview with Jeremy Strong where he was talking about that scene and how they made it. And it was yeah, like dramaturgically. <laughs> it was like it was like the fifteenth take or like the twentieth take or something. And he was talking about how he was like exhausted and it like wasn't working at all. And they just like went with one where he sat down. So oh, it's wow. cool that you like or like it felt so raw because it That's did. Interesting. It felt very real, but yeah and normally there is a lot of like raw elements I think to the show where they they don't rehearse, especially because some of them are so method. Kendall but Gonzo <laughs> what about you what was your favorite I I think it's r- difficult to pick a favorite probably easy to pick something from this last season so I'll go I'm gonna go bore on the floor season two <laughs> fucking amazing episode uh. uh, it's the one that solidifies Greg and Tom as like partners yeah because yeah they're both on the ground because they have the bore on the floor scene and because it's one of the most brutal scenes in the entire show it's like the first time I watched that I like had to pause and walk away for a second and like go do something else because i couldn't even fathom how uncomfortable it was like they're just um and it makes you wonder mm-hmm. like what's what's going on in uh in higher ups of corporate america like if any ceos are playing board on the floor is, is yeah, that based right. on anything like what is that i'm sure but just that's all great there's like little shit in that episode like um the contractor putting a dead bird in the chimney and then logan freaking out about it while dressing like my grandmother i remember he had these like big sunglasses and a little hat on and he looked like a 75 year old woman <laughs> 
I don't know the the fake hunting that they did. Like it was all just like, and they threw away a lot of food in that episode. It was like almost a look underneath the hood. I feel like a lot more than yeah. other episodes. It wasn't really in corporate America. It was like this is their life. This is what it's like if you're this wealthy yeah. and this entrenched in this world. I've got an honorable mention one that I remembered as well. It was when they when they picked Mencken at that retreat, that house, or I'm sorry, that uh, hotel in Richmond, Virginia. That one was like, like I, I thought of that, Gonzo, because you said a look under the hood. And I was like, just like gobsmacked. I'm like, is this how the the American democracy works? Like you get a bunch of people together in some fucking hotel and they pick the nominee? Like what? I Literally. bet it does. I bet it is how it's happened. I know I've brought up Rupert Murdoch a lot, but like this season's been paired with like news stories that have come out about how Rupert Murdoch had a direct line like from his house to like the head of his news stations and shit. So he could literally do the things that we were seeing Logan do week to week. So yeah, that episode specifically was really horrifying because it felt really real. It felt so accurate. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, there's so many great episodes. I like even this, the episode where Logan dies like that. I don't think that's like the singular like succession episode, but just because it breaks like the structure of how a succession episodes work and like these long takes and like, yeah, that like be, I think was so great because it broke like the traditional structure of the show. But um, yeah, there's so many great episodes. Two two more questions and then we'll wrap up. Favorite guest actor or like recurring smaller character? I'll give you a few options. We've got Matson, who kind of have a bigger role, but like Alexander Skarsgård or Justin Kirk as Menken. Uh, what else we got? Hope Davis, Holly Hunter, uh, Adrian Brody came on for an episode. Z-Way, Z-Way. What What do we think? What's our favorite? Adrian Brody was kind of crazy. I thought he was gonna be like a huge part of that season, but he wasn't, which kind of was a bummer. Yeah. He was again um, a bit of a red herring. Like he could have had a bigger role, but then they just kind of didn't go that path. I feel like they brought him back for one episode. Did they bring him back for one more scene? Like there... it was like yeah, like one quick scene at some meeting that he like was yeah. like, I'm out or something. Yeah, it, he literally like came mm. in and said I'm out. Like it was <laughs> But I loved yeah, I loved Adrian Brody in that one episode. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Yeah. And then that's it's when Kendall had to like help his dad back because Logan fell, right? And was having a heart attack or something. I think I'll I'll choose Ewan, because I think Ewan is like when he comes in, he always like has just like he steals the scene. I mean his like funeral speech was so like beautiful <laughs> and like it's so well constructed um yeah i think he just every time he comes in he, he just steals the show it, like a really good actor too which helps they just let him they clear out let him work yeah definitely i think just i gotta say scars guard it's always like true really dope to see like everything he does i'm in like we saw infinity pool earlier this year and that's still one of my favorite movies i've seen this year um true. obviously like the northman I feel like the Northman kind of infects every role that he's been in since the Northman. Um, Because there was was one scene in this last episode where it looked like the deal was going to get fucked and he just walked into the room with his eyes wide and he he looked like the berserker, like he was screaming. He was like, get on the fucking phone. Let's go, let's go. Let's fucking go. He's He's screaming. He's like wake up or something like yeah, that he's clapping yeah. i think i like stood up in my seat i was like oh okay like, now let's do this big succession finale okay like <laughs> yeah it was like it was like oh he's like he's on edge that was when it was like if he's nervous and he's rallying the troops that means that kendall and roman actually they did something right that it's real it yeah greg do you have any fun, yeah. any particular pick that you want to favorite guest actor or, um or is it Adrian Brody? yeah holly hunter holly hunter because how fun how fun 
Yeah, I don't honestly can't even remember like a ton of like what I remember that she had that kind of backroom conversation with Logan um, because they went into he was trying to get her to be a CEO, the CEO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was gonna announce it and everything. Yeah. Oh, Raya. What? Raya. Yeah, Raya. Raya's her name. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. Okay. It's been a minute now. Yeah, Holly Hunter. Yeah. All I know her really is from the voice of like Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the main things I've seen her in, but um, she's incredible. Um, and then okay, last thing wrapping it up. Uh, where does this stand in like the pantheon of like best shows? And it, is this maybe the best show? Oh my God. I feel like I, I haven't seen The Wire. <laughs> Without any distance at all. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, oh, how sad I am that this show is ending. And I'm like, wow, this is just one of those like great television series. But like, as we were talking about today, there were so many great shows like Breaking Bad and House and you know Game of Thrones and you know The Wire and just just all the Sopranos. I mean, all these shows that you know walked so that Succession could run. I mean, like House of Cards. Just these sort of dramas that are quintessential of the time. And you know, everyone I think probably felt like, man, there's nothing that can be better than this. So I know that there will be something something better, and this will influence the future filmmakers and television makers like us, you know, to to like, we are curating our taste on shows like this and are talking about them. So I think for that point, it's one of the best shows that's ever been created because it's going to be such a, a, like a jumping off point for so many. And it is like on that through line of some really incredible shows, especially HBO shows. So it's up there. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like tiered, like tiers of things as opposed to like actually ranking i feel like this because it's hard to like compare things that are like very different but this is definitely as high up there as it can get for me like it's up there with break i haven't seen the wire i haven't seen the sopranos all the way through like i got some holes in my in my knowledge but it's yeah it's incredible i have hope for severance in the bear though i'm gonna be honest oh i love those shows oh, yeah guys severance is so good oh my <laughs> yeah, god severance is great yeah. and the bear yeah, the bear is great. Barry's great. There, there's a lot of really other good TV too. That's like also right now, but yeah, that could also arguably be some of the best shows. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. It's hard to actually like rank anything. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. It's almost like a, a moot point to do that. But I think like it, yeah, it's it's in that like tier of like that like S tier or whatever of like perfect or nearly like perfect shows. I think like it is it is in that Breaking Bad wire conversation um like i love atlanta i think like atlanta is also kind of there yeah um but like yeah definitely i didn't think about that yeah yeah like there's there's a couple and i i think there is a kind of a parallel to atlanta a little bit and that it's like another four season show that like chose to end when it did and could have gone on a lot longer but and it's the collection of actors like will never be replicated like what both with atlanta and succession like this has this succession has some of the best acting i've ever seen and a TV show, at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's Brits. I guess the Emmys would be the TV show awards. Yeah. The, Is the, it like the, Sweep or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, it'll, I'm sure it'll win. It always wins, I think, like every Emmys. I don't really care about the Emmys. I don't think anybody cares <laughs> about the Emmys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I think it, it's going to sweep. I feel like everyone's going to win. I, I, I actually... Yeah, you've got... I don't know. I, like, Roman They've got very easily They've got to win. Over Kendall... Uh, it's funny to talk about winning, but yeah, at least winning the Emmy. Um, <laughs> different context. Yeah. Yeah, different kind. Yeah, different context. But 
Um, yeah, this is one of the greatest shows. I think all three of us can very easily agree that this is up there. And if for whatever reason and you're listening to this podcast and you just hadn't seen the show, you've probably had it completely ruined for you, but you should still go watch it. Definitely. It's, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. We didn't it's, touch on all of it. Yeah. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and if you made it to this point, salute, you know? Yeah, also, yeah, if you're still listening, yeah. kudos, because I think we're we'll at like two hours maybe now. So yeah. It's going to be crazy to edit. But thank you both. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Gonzo, for, for coming on talking about Succession. Of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for having us. Always a blast. Any any closing thoughts? Any <laughs> any anything you want to leave the viewer with? Good show, appropriately named. <laughs> there will be more, <laughs> but this one is definitely going to leave a mark. Uh, Logan prequel, three years on Max. Book it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, get Theo on James. an island. Yeah. Theo James, Logan Roy, friend. book it. I yeah I am bummed that the show has ended. I I I watched the show like Game of Thrones. I caught up to it like for this season. So I got I think we got caught up by episode one or two or something for this season. But I definitely binged this. So there's now a hole in my life (laughs) for sure. Which is (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's dumb to care so much about a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little sad that no, it's not. (laughs) It is the best. And then talk about it for two hours on a podcast. Yeah, TV is the best medium. I wholeheartedly believe. Yeah? Know, yeah, maybe. Take. Maybe. <laughs> we'll end on quite uh, a hot take. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, well, that kind of wraps up another episode of So What'd You Think? Uh, stay tuned. We got another episode doing a bonus episode this week because, as you may have heard, the Barry finale was also uh, on Sunday. They aired the same night, which is crazy and very overwhelming, but I, I needed to talk about both. So I'm actually bringing my dad on and uh, we're going to have another episode later this Ooh. week where me and my dad are going to talk about the very finale. Mr. Ledoux. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to that. And I haven't watched Barry. <laughs> <laughs> A true friend. Yeah. <laughs> that wraps up another episode. Thank you all for listening to this extremely long uh, episode of So What You Think. And until next time. Peace.